nobody has a handle on the league like these two hockey heads. Mike Farwell, Chris Pope, your number one authorities on the OHL. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. I'm so glad this week is over. Why? Because the trade deadline used to be a lot more tame before the internet came along. And then along came the internet and things just got silly. Do you know, I actually saw a tweet not 24 hours ago that said Arthur Kaliev was being traded to the Kitchener Rangers. Really? Yeah. Was it of a credible source or was well, it just somebody tweeting it? Exactly. That, and that's the problem, right? Anybody with a Twitter account can say what they want. Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. I, you, you like to say that it brings more attention to the game, more exposure to the league, and you're right. There are pros to it. I just I find this week exhausting. Because I find myself chasing rumors. The number of times I get tweeted, I get emailed, what about this? What about that? I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. It's exhausting. I just think maybe then you need to remove yourself. From maybe I because do. Just wait till Friday at noon because then it, there's no point of speculating. Things are going to happen. Uh, I don't know. I speak for myself. I'm not. It's not like Mike McKenzie's texting me on a daily basis saying, hey, we're working on this. Hey, we're working on that. I don't know, I'll worry about a Friday. We got a game Friday. We'll do the pre, pregame show brought to you by Harris Law. And uh, we'll talk about what actually did happen. There's no point of speculating. I'm not in the business of speculating. I'll talk about the game at hand and the moves that were made. I would like to say this. Can I, can I toot my own horn just a little bit? And I was, sure. I was, getting, I was getting nervous, but drinks don't let you down. I said Saginaw was going to do something big. Saginaw went out and did something real big with the addition of Ryan Suzuki. I think it's big. Uh, add to that Bodie Wild coming back. Is that confirmed yet? Is what? Was it? I'm just saying, I don't know. I'd... Um, well, that, that's obviously a bonus if it is, but I, I think we were both kind of... Compared to what Dave Drinkle did last year, I think Ryan Suzuki is just a okay move. Like I, He's a good player, don't get me wrong. He's, he's a, a great, great, player. great player. Yeah, but when you bring in Ryan McLeod and Owen Tippett last year... Sure, but you also, and we've talked about this before... Much like Mike McKenzie, he's also already brought in Daniil Antropov, yeah. already brought in Dalton Duhart, right? So this For is sure. just another piece. And if it does come to pass, which we believe it will, that Bodie Wild is back, look out, Saginaw's there. And then, of course, you look at the rest of the Western Conference and how did London not do more than it did? Yeah. Well, I think all this, here we go again with the speculation during the year, was that London was going to go out and get everybody. Because that's what London does. Everybody goes to London. And they really didn't do that much. When they do it, though, they do it on the cheap, don't they? They certainly got a nice deal. Well, I don't know. What did they get on the cheap? Marcus Phillips and Jason Wilms. I mean, they didn't... I shouldn't say on yeah. the cheap. I, I don't know how to phrase they, it properly. They get but half a season, not even. They get three months sure. out of Marcus Phillips. They paid a price for it. They're... And, it came on the cheap because he's an overager. They were one of few teams that were in contention or that believe they have a shot this year with an overager spot available or an improvement in overagers available. And Jason Wilms is a nice pickup for sure. Great on faceoffs, adds some depth center, but it's not the the big name everybody expected London to go get. I thought they got better. I'm still not sold on them. I think goaltending is still an issue in London. Absolutely. I'm sure Dale Hunter had many a conversation with George Burnett 
not about Marcus Phillips. But I, I think Phillips is a nice add on their back end. Gives them probably three top defensemen. Oh, both pieces are nice adds. Yeah, they are, for Make sure. Make no mistake. And- but they're just not what you become accustomed to over the last handful of years and what everybody, quote-unquote, speculated with all the assets they have and draft picks and young players that I you just expected more from them. But I think that's it was a buyer's market. We talked about that. It was a seller's market. Or seller's market, sorry. Um, it was a seller's market with the minimal pieces available. And with the Western Conference, it is the way it is right now, you, you can see it by the deadline. There's nine, maybe ten teams in the West that think they're making playoffs. And that's why the moves happened the way they did. Interesting little sidebar to the Jason Wilms trade. Uh, good old Kitchener kid, yep. by the way. He was on track to tie the OHL record for consecutive games played. I love that. Bobby Chabant from up in Sudbury holds the record, and Wilms was going to tie it, but then he gets traded to a team that's played two more games, going from Barrie to London, and he'll fall two games short of tying the reigning OHL Ironman streak. Go figure. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been nice for Wilms, I'm sure. But, I mean, you're right there in the conversation. Yeah, I'm sure like, he doesn't even really care. He, but had, a healthy, he had a healthy career, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And it's tough when you're this age. And he plays that you know third-line grinder role for the majority of his career before now getting a bigger role in Barry. Um, and I'm sure he'll get a bigger role in London, take some of the scoring pressure away from other guys, Connor McMichael. Um, I think it's a great pickup. It's one of those under the radar almost, I think. I agree. Yeah? I like it a yeah. lot. He's a good player. So... The other intriguing piece at this deadline, like the biggest news for me at this deadline is that George Burnett did so little. Yeah. Like so little. Didn't move Gordiev, didn't move Gogolev, didn't move Hillis, didn't move Dawes, didn't move anybody except Marcus Phillips falling back into his lap, flips him for his three picks. Merry Christmas a little late for you, George, and that's it. And George Burnett, as we know tends to be active come deadline time. He's not scared to make so, a deal. But apparently now he's saying, I'm not scared to make a run again this year. I think the the start of the year that Guelph had kind of forced his hand a little bit. But when you get Marcus Phillips back and you can recoup three picks for a player that wasn't even on your roster, that's Merry Christmas George. He's loving that. Because then he didn't have to trade a, Go- or a Gogolev or um, a Fedor Gordiev. I know Gogolev was asked to waive his no trade, and he said no. Uh, so I, I think George probably wanted to make a couple more deals, but at the end of the day, you're in first place. You have one of the best goaltenders in the league, and if you don't need to recoup all the draft picks you spent last year, he recouped a good couple handfuls for sure. What, 13 picks I think he's got back? Something like Something that. that. Um, he, he's done a good job in recouping those draft picks, and he's still sitting in first place. The The biggest part about this is you have to remember the future for Guelph, looks extremely bright. They're going to be good to get next year. They're a young team. And and they're in first place right now in the Midwest Division. Yeah, I can't help but wonder if George basically just sat there and said, this is my price. And it was probably 100%. exorbitant. Yeah, And you either meet that price, because I'm not blinking, or the deal doesn't get done. Yep. And clearly, nothing more got done. But that did surprise me. I thought, I never thought that there would be any kind of fire sale. I... A lot of speculation that Dawes would be moved. I never really thought it would happen unless somebody came 
with the proverbial king's ransom. But I didn't really see that happening. But moving one or two of your pieces, like a Gordiev, I thought Gordiev was gone for sure, quite frankly, from everything I'd been hearing. Like a Gogolev, I didn't think they'd move Hillis, but you could find pieces, I think, on that team to recoup even more of the assets when the market is in your favor, but he decided not to. Yeah, he could have. Could I, have. I just think he, he looked at it because he, he talked to us when we were there last weekend, and he said to me that he wanted an one forward. And he was looking, and I'm sure you know he had his players that he wanted when teams called to ask about Gogolev, to ask about Gordiev, to ask about Dawes. And he said, I don't need to make a move. I'm one of the best teams in the West at the first half of the season. I'm perfectly content to sit here. It's not like we saw from Guelph a few years ago where they didn't trade those players and then they didn't recoup any draft picks and they fell into oblivion for two years. This is a team that's right there and they've recouped some of the draft picks they expelled last year. So they're, they're in a great spot. If you're George Burnett, you're putting your head down tonight and feeling pretty happy about how the first half of the season is went, including the trade deadline. I think it's, a, it's an interesting story, but one that... Um, George didn't need to make a move, so he wasn't going to have his hand forced. We know that about George. Absolutely. He, George does it George's way, and he's quite content to continue doing so. But, uh, yeah, I was just surprised he didn't make any moves. Uh, of the, speaking of the Midwest, that was London and, and Guelph. Somebody asked me the other day, and tell me if I'm being biased, but is Kitchener not the most well-rounded team right now then? So let me ask you a question showing similar bias, but proving that I don't disagree with what you just said. If Mike McKenzie, the general manager of the Kitchener Rangers, had decided to be a seller instead of a buyer, like a lot of people were calling for. At the beginning of December. Sure, but sure. They, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, 100%, yeah. And if he was selling, and he put Jacob Ingham and Liam Howell on the market, as a package, let's say, and he got in return for Ingham and Howell three second-round picks and three third-round picks. How do you feel he would have done? I would have said he got fleeced. Exactly. But that's exactly what he got those players for. Yeah. So, yes, I, I think they are as well-rounded as it comes. From the crease on out, he added a nice little piece, did Mike McKenzie, with Holden Whale just before the deadline, 19-year-old defenseman. You got... A nice top six now, and it's a it's a heavy top six. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a lot of that 2017 team that made the run to the West Final. Yeah, it does. It, it, right? You look at the bodies. The, the top six is great. You got a good back end. Holden Whale helps. You got a great shutdown pairing in Sabrango and Vukovic. And for my money, for my money, the best goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. I can't dispute that. Which is one of the other reasons that surprises me so much with uh, unless he just again said this is my price pay it or not George Burnett with Nico Dawes because all of the other teams that had ideas of being contenders the teams that still are contenders don't have the same goaltending that the Kitchener Rangers do yeah they just don't so it's going to be a very interesting next 30 odd games I think if the storm were in sixth or seventh we'd probably see Nico Dawes moved at this deadline but um, looking at where they are and the moves they made, I would expect, and George has said to us before, that they need to start grooming a younger goaltender. They have Owen Bennett. They have Grimes at a listable. They want, Grimes still isn't signed. Hasn't been called up. All 
with, with Bennett there, they're both the same age. It looks like right now that if Grimes isn't going to be the starter in Guelph, he might be thinking about uh, NCAA. But they have at least one young goaltender coming up, and I, that's why I think George set his price for Nico Dawes. If people called about him, he didn't have to move him, and then he'll wait until next year in the offseason leading into the season and then trade Nico Dawes and go with a younger goaltender. That's that's what I would suspect at a Guelph. George doesn't have to do anything. He could ride Nico Dawes again next year till March. It's true. If he right? wants to. If he wants to. It's good to be George right now. Yeah. All right. Whatever. That's a lot about the Western Conference. We should talk about the East as well. Because <laughs> Were there any pieces moved in the East? You think? <laughs> and uh, one of the guys who's never been shy about being involved in these types of trades is the general manager of the Oshawa Generals, Mr. Roger Hunt. Why don't we call him right now? Okay. Okay. Hello? Roger. Yes. Mike Farwell and Chris Pope calling from Kitchener. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Roger. I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Good. Uh, Good good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you as well. We appreciate you taking the time. I know it's been a busy couple of days. (laughs) Yeah, your phone's been a little bit active, I think. Well, actually, uh, usually about 12.01, I don't get a phone call for, so this startled me a little bit. I don't <laughs> actually have my phone ring for about about three weeks, and then uh, and then we start getting into draft stuff. So, yeah, I, uh, uh, when the phone rang, I went, oh, I kind of jumped a little bit. Yeah, something must be wrong. Um, yeah, what's going on? Who's calling me? <laughs> I, I got to start, if I can be so blunt, uh, mm-hmm. you really wanted Phil Tomasino, huh? Well, you know what? He's uh, he's a player that we've identified uh, as an organization that uh, is a is a you know what we feel is a top prospect. I think our league had four first round NHL picks last year, um, and he was one of them. Um, you know, he plays the the right side. He can play center. Um, you know, uh, hopefully he's got some racetrack in front of him with the, with more uh, more you know playing as a nineteen year old. So. Uh, a long-winded answer is, yeah, we we really wanted him, and uh, sometimes if you really want something, you you have to go get it. How did that negotiation play down? Um, well, it went on for quite a while, and you know there was a, a bunch of scenarios, and we were you know careful to try and you know protect our future as well. Um, and you know there's like everything, you know some some trades happen in. 15 minutes and some happen in five months you know so i mean we've talked to uh, you know i've talked to joey burke probably since the start of the season about you know something like this and you know you revisit revisit every kind of couple of weeks and then we got close obviously and and niagara had the um and, and you know we're, we're good enough to work with us and you need because you do need two parties to make a trade so it was uh, it was good, and in the end up, it became a a pick deal and the rights to you know one of our our players that right now has got uh, you know an NCAA opportunity. But that's that's not to say that happens forever. So um, you know we we did we gave up a lot, but we we got a lot in return. Familiar trading partner there in Niagara and and Joey Burke with you, Roger, and and I I look at you as a bit of a mad scientist in all of this, <laughs> and I mean that with respect and and. Yeah quite frankly, admiration. But I, I think back to, to last year. You make the deal with Niagara, and you, you trade Jack Studnika, but then you add Brett Newman and Brandon Sajan, and next thing you know, you're knocking off the team that you made those trades with, and you're into the East Final. This year, yeah. you, you trade Sarah Noel one day to the Kitchener Rangers, and the next day, you're acquiring Phil Tomasino. So is it never really a, 
a, a reset for you? It's just a, a reload? Like, what's, what's your strategy going into a trade deadline? Well, I think we, we ask a lot of our players, and, and a lot of teams do, but in, in turn, I think we have to ask a lot of ourselves. And uh, it, it, it wasn't something that was certainly easy to be able to do in, in either instance. And if I, if I backtrack to last year, I mean, Jackson Nika was a first-round pick for us. He was an NHL-drafted player, played in the World Junior. It's, it's hard, and it's a lot to give up, but... You know, Matt Broussard was drafted by uh, Vancouver out of out of Oshawa. It's something where you have to give something up. And I think at the end of the day, we've got the philosophy of, hey, I, I've I've got to try and outwork GMs like I ask, you know, or or, or teams to, then that it's no different. Than I ask the players, you know, you have to outwork the, the the players in Kitchener, the players in Guelph, the players in Peterborough, and. In the end, there's no guarantees of winning out of it all, but you're at least giving yourself an opportunity. And, you know, we've got a on the horizon, there's a Memorial Cup bid that, that you know, is pending also. So, you know, getting, uh, you know, even even to go a little bit back with getting Coy and then, um, you know, getting Stepien from you guys for Saren. Like, Saren was no different really than Jack, right? He was a, He was a second rounder. And then drafted in the NHL from our team, so it's hard to say hello to those kids that give you everything night in and night out for years. But I think through attrition in this league, more so than a, than a pro league, you've got to be conscious of the fact that hey, a player's only got a certain amount of window, and you, you have to, you know. And I think we've we've had some success with it. And I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but I think we've had success in putting players leaving the organization into a good situation. And that's something that is always in the back of my mind because these kids do give us everything. They leave home at a, <laughs> a young age to come here. So in, a, in order for us to keep the ball rolling, if you will, then, you know, we have to be careful and conscious that, hey, I would have no problem putting my son or any player in Kitchener. I know they're going to be trapped well, you know, and there's organizations in this league that certainly are like that. And, uh, you know, and, and I like dealing with them. And Niagara was no different last year. Um, so we, we've, we, we hope to put, uh, Hey, at the end of the day, we're, we're all trying to win. So I, I, we put guys in good situations, but when it comes to, you know, March, uh, last week of March, I want to beat all of them. <laughs> if we get a chance. <laughs> you know, the, the only team I'm worried about at that time is, uh, is the Oshawa general. So, uh, again, we've given people hopefully opportunities that, uh, are good for them. But at the end of the day, my sole concern is, is our team. Sarah Noel to Mike and I covering the Rangers seemed like a perfect fit for quite some time here in Kitchener. Was that the belief of you and Mike McKenzie throughout this year? Well, again, Mike was very prudent and uh, he, he spent some time on this too. And I think early on in the, in the season, both teams didn't know which way we were going. We, we started out nine and oh, and, and Kitchener didn't have the greatest of starts and, you know, some injuries and, you know, but we kept the dialogue open. Hey, if, if the ship writes itself or a ship does this, then, it, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to do something. So, uh, sir, what you, I'll tell you what you're getting is you're getting a, a high-flying power forward that is, you know, six foot six, a right shot, will probably nestle, you know, very much alongside a, a good centerman that's in, in, in Kitchener and, and make your team better. Like you're, you're, and, it, and it's, it's, it's no disrespect to any player leaving because we, we wanted Ryan Stepien. You know, for for exactly a certain thing that he can do for us. So 
it's an opportunity for you guys to get Nolsey, who's a you know power forward de jure, if you will. He he skates like the wind. He he's not afraid to go into any areas. He's he's got vision. He's he can shoot, and uh, I really think he'll be reinvigorated uh, with you know only only a matter of time left in his junior career. So uh, I I hope he does uh, awesome in Kitchener. I really do. I really wish him all the best. How difficult is it, Roger, to avoid becoming intoxicated, if you will, with the standings? I mean, when you come into a season, clearly you've got a plan. As we said, you're coming off an Eastern Conference uh, appearance, championship appearance last year, and everybody thinks it's going to be a down year for the Oshawa Generals, and all of a sudden you're off to a 9-0 and start. The Kitchener Rangers, they made some moves in the offseason, and they're, they're expecting to do something, and they have that tough start to the season. How difficult is it? for you to kind of stay the course that you set out when your team starts 9-0? How do you not get too caught up in the moment? Well, I think really there it's, it's, and it's probably a cliche. I don't mean to take an easy way out, but when we were 9-0, we probably weren't as good as we were, and then we went, uh, you know, 5-12 and 12 or something in the next stretch, and we probably weren't as bad as we were through there too. So I think at the end of the day you've got to, You've got an expectation when you come into the season. You've got some thoughts on how, how your team is going to be. You never really know in junior. You always hope that, and, and I think there's always a player that comes back and surprises you positively, and there's always a player that comes back and surprises you negatively. And if you can you know, manage both of those and see how it goes. I, I use the 17-game mark kind of as a, an internal landmark if you will and let's let's see where we are there hey if we're we're 0 and 10 and then we're 10 and 7 you know maybe we're we're okay but that's kind of our our philosophy and i, I suspect it's, it's a lot of other teams once we get to that quarter pole okay here's what we've got here's what we need to get better at here's what we are not capable of and then you assess it from there but uh, by all means there's conversations there'll be conversations going on next week for for next year with teams and that's just that's just general managers. We're always talking to each other. We're always trying to make our teams better. And the, the, the I guess, intoxication, if you will, we, we, we try to never do anything recklessly. And, hey, if our team would have been 24-0, uh, and 0, uh, you know, at one stage, hey, maybe all bets are out. Maybe everything goes another way, a totally <laughs> different way. And, and if we were 3-21 and 21 at some stage, we're, we're, it probably in turn goes – another way so you have to kind of roll with the punches and see where you're at but even though you've got an expectation and a and a plan what you think is going to happen prior to the season it 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 has to play out roger in the western conference it's as close as it's ever been and in the east the ottawa 67s are steamrolling right now did either of those things affect negotiations in your mind around Um, the league yeah i i don't know i i think uh I think there's a lot of teams that are, are in it, and certainly, as you said, in the West, what, what is it, uh, uh, 40 to, I think, nine points from ninth to second. And I, I think that that's a crazy conference, which is always looked upon as being, you know, one of the best conferences uh, of, of the two. Uh, in the East, yeah, you're right. Ottawa's kind of gone away and, and hidden a little bit. They're, they've got the championship, uh, uh, you know, blood still running through their veins so they're 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 winning games maybe another team would lose but they're they're a good team they're well coached um but i i I like 
our team. Like I really do, and I'm I'm a firm believer that when you get in the playoffs, you don't know what's going to happen. Even last year when we did what we did, we we didn't know at that stage we'd go to the Eastern Conference Final. You know, we wanted to win a round, and then once you win a round, you feel good about it. And then we were faced with Niagara. We were underdogs. We ended up coming back from behind and beating them. And then you know we ran into at that time what looked like an, an unstoppable force in in the 67s but getting to the playoffs i think is the biggest single most thing that you can do if you can position yourself in the top four you're guaranteed you know home ice and who knows what happened ottawa lost their goalie last year you you never know what happens once you get in the playoffs so i i think i I try not to really worry so much about what other teams are doing i think you have to be you know, conscious again of, of your age, of your players, your, your skill set of your players, the, the good and bad of your players, and and go from there. But I really like our group, and uh, I, I'm excited for the, I guess the unofficial, if you will, second half to to start tonight. Tomasino's worked out so far, eh? So far, things have gone <laughs> yeah. pretty well. You, yeah. you win that trade already, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> well, things have gone well so far, but you know what? Phil's a good player. He he, he is, like I said, off the top. He's a He's one of the first round NHL picks that's you know from our league last year. He is uh, you know he's a star of our league, and that's just uh, that's just the byproduct of his skill set. And uh, yeah, thus thus far things have gone well. So uh, <laughs> there there could be some dark nights ahead too. But hey, we're 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 real happy to have him here as a general. It, it sounds to me like you wouldn't hate the idea of a chance to uh, get at those Ottawa sixty sevens again sometime down this line. Well, if you if what you're saying is we can get to the Eastern Conference Final, and <laughs> play what I'm again, saying. I'll, t- I'll I'll take it right now. <laughs> uh, there's there's a lot of good teams on our side too that would uh, would want to have something to say about that certainly. But uh, yeah, I, I think you know we, you can only worry about your own team and, and and worry about your own place in the standings and then take it as you may. I think we gained some valuable experience last year, and you really only get experience by experiencing what it's like. And you know, going three rounds of playoffs last year with a lot of the guys that are returning and uh you know hopefully that can be an experience that takes us through uh you know this this ser- this playoff uh, run when we get there but the experience doesn't win the games the players have got to win the games and the coaches with their game plans and tactics have got to win you the game and it's you know on each night when when you do win you mentioned that memorial cup bid looming how much fun is it for a general manager leading up to that year? Because you've known for a couple that you guys would probably bid on it. How much fun is it for a general manager to know that I'm building towards this year and something special? Well, I know, I know I've got a chance to, yeah. to build towards that. You know, I, I I would love for the the decision to be made prior to the trade deadline, so you really know what what you're you're, you're doing next year. But as it stands now. We had to approach, really, to be honest, we had to approach this deadline like we are going to win the bid, and and, and we may not, and we may not even bid in the end. I mean, we put our intention in, um, and we, we I think it would be an incredible thing for this community, for this building, for this, uh, you know, uh, fan base to, to have it here, and for the players that, that would be here to experience a Memorial Cup, certainly, in your backyard, I think would be fantastic, but it's... Uh, I think approaching the deadline, really, you've got to approach it no different than we did a few years ago when we we lost out to Regina. And you have to approach it like you're going to win it because if you do win it and you haven't, then you're in big trouble. So uh, I think we've gotten better this year internally, and I think we've gotten better for for the future too. So 
you know, whichever, whichever way the, the hockey gods go, I think we'll, we'll be prepared if we do win it to, to have a good team. 2015 isn't all that long ago, Roger. People might start thinking you're a little bit greedy here. You just won that championship, you know. Yeah, no, I know, and I, I tell you, I, I would uh, love to have another one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Can never have too many of those. Ago, but it seems like a long time ago, and uh, as an organization, we're pretty lucky this year. We're, we're actually selling, celebrating the 1990s uh, team's 30th anniversary uh, later this month, and uh, we've got a lot of those players coming back. Uh, the lion's share of those players coming back for you know a celebration uh, and uh, an on-ice ceremony. And it's the fifth anniversary of that team. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, a year where things are all tied together. And uh, I know they say bad things happen in threes. Maybe good things can happen in threes. There you go. And, you know, for the community of Oshawa, when we talk about Memorial Cup bids and when we're inside the game, we're thinking all about the generals and hockey, et cetera. But when it comes to a bid, it, it's about the community. And listen, Oshawa had some hard knocks this past year as a city. What would it mean to the community to get the chance to host this Memorial Cup? Well, I think economically it would be a huge boost for you know businesses in, in the area. For let's face it, a lot of our fan base probably were affected by you know the, the job closures or, or job losses that you you alluded to, or have certainly ties and connections to to that. So I, I think it would be a fantastic feel good story for for the people in this community and not only Oshawa, Durham region. Like there's, there's a lot of people outside of Oshawa that are Oshawa generals fans and to encompass the whole Durham region to, to get an opportunity to see that firsthand. Hey, let's face it. In 2015, our, our fans took over Quebec city. So I can only imagine the, the frenzy and the, you know, the getting behind the team and the organization and the community. If we ever were to, to win the bid and to host it, I think it would be a spectacular event here, and I think it would be something that really, really, it would be a huge boost to the the whole area, and certainly our fans that have uh, have had to travel. I mean, I think Oshawa hosted it in the '80s, but that's a that's a long time ago. Yeah, so, it is. And and it's a much bigger animal now than it ever was then. But um, to host, so it's huge. There'd be a lot of people's involvement. Like there wouldn't be, they wouldn't just be. You know, fan, there'd be volunteer opportunities. It, it would be it would be a huge thing for a couple of weeks to bring that uh, event here. And I, I know the people here would support it like nothing else. And we've 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 been long, uh, maybe overdue to get it back. So we're, we're really going to do what we can, and, and hopefully we get it back with you know the city support, the region support. It's it's everybody that's got to be on on board, and we're we're excited to to lead it. Roger, we really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's been busy. We'll uh, let you go and know that Mike and I are uh, are hoping that Nashville doesn't like Phil Tomasino too much. Yeah, trust <laughs> me. I, I, I don't know if the five points a night uh, would go a long way in uh, having him go there too. So yeah. they, they can like him, but maybe like him in another year and a half. <laughs> That's so. Exactly. We're very hopeful of that too. Exactly. So. Ru- but, uh, Ru- we no, are- I appreciate your guys' time, and uh, and thank you so much. Thank you. We... Um, we, we're lucky, we know, in Kitchener, but we admire your organization. And the if, if we could do something about the walk to the press box, if that's one, but other than oh, that, I don't mind it. I, I'm afraid of heights, Roger. But anyway, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid of heights. I like going up there, but uh, it's just a little cramped. That's all. There's just not enough room. Or trust me, I'd be up there with you guys. But it's uh, you guys being from Kitchener. I tell you, you got one of the classiest organizations and. Uh, uh, on a, I don't know if it's a side note. You know, we had a couple injuries there a few weeks ago, and 
I tell you, led by you know Daniel Lee Bold and your medical team, it was uh, it was fantastic how they took care of our players, and uh, it's a, it's a credit to the community you guys are in too that that the Rangers are uh, are run so well from top to bottom. Thanks for taking the time for us, especially on trade deadline day, Roger. We appreciate it. You got her anytime. All right, be well. We'll see you around the rinks. You got. It. Thank you, sir. Talking about, I mean, I know you can hear from that conversation, Roger Hunt pretty much the genuine article. He's not trying to throw shade, but dropping the reference to the 1990 Memorial Cup team in a conversation with a couple of guys that work out of Kitchener. I see what he was doing. I mean, should we invite Mike Torquia? Rod, you want it? Should we No, because Torch back? doesn't care. <laughs> he's, he's friends with all the yeah, general all players. Guys, right? Honestly. Uh, that was one heck of a Memorial Cup, and hopefully... That was. Uh, hopefully we can get an OHL final, Kitchener-Oshawa. That rivalry's still there, just because as soon as you see those two jerseys on the ice, I think anybody that was around or that follows the OHL automatically just thinks back to 1990. Absolutely. It's like, oh, here we go again. And I wasn't just trying to curry favor with the guest on the podcast when I said, like, I wish we got to go to Oshawa more often. It's the crossover conference, right? We get to go one time a year. As much as I loathe the walk to the press box, truly, the Oshawa Generals are top to bottom, like Roger Hunt just described Kitchener, a first-class organization. Mm-hmm. Like they, from, from the people that greet us in the media room when we get there for a game day to the vice president and general manager with whom we just spoke, they, it's a great organization. Keep doing what you do in Oshawa. And success like 2015 Memorial Cup champions, and then last year Eastern Conference finalists looking good right now, planning for a Memorial Cup bid next year. I mean, this is an organization I think that others can be looking at and wishing they could model. Absolutely. And he mentioned Dan Liebold. They have their own Dan Liebold in the form of Brian Boyce, represented Canada on every level possible. I think he's done a pile of games. He's been there as long as Dan's been in Kitchener, if not longer. He's one of the, the best... Uh, trainers and equipment guys around the OHL and just a top-of-the-line organization when it comes across the OHL. East-West doesn't matter. And you they're going to continue to be that way as long, as long as the mad scientist Roger Hunt is in charge because we talked about it. But last year, he in what year do you trade your captain and a top defenseman on your team in conference and then beat that team in the semifinals and go on to the East championship when everyone thinks you're retooling and reloading and then he goes out and gets like the Brandon Sage and the Brett Newmans and now this year he does the same thing it's unbelievable he trades some of his players away some of his big guys but then he uses some of those picks that he got ships them off and gets a guy like Phil Tomasino who will probably be the best player in the league next year it I don't know how he does it I'd love to see his draft board I'd like to see his office because whatever he's doing there is working. Maybe next time we'll uh, have the interview in person in Roger's office because clearly it. he won't come to the press box with us. Yeah, well, he wants to. It's just too cramped. It's just too cramped. It, it's true. Yeah. So we'll fall up there for just you and I. Were you shocked that uh, Ottawa didn't add anything? It, it's funny. I was just going to go that same direction and not really. That was a team that I thought, you know, we, you could have made the same argument if you got intoxicated with the standings or the flavor of the day, you could have made the same argument for the Kitchener Rangers. Why would you even tinker mm-hmm. with a team that in a quarter of a season picked up points in 16 of 17 games in that quarter, right? Like it's just... For sure. But different story in Kitchener, obviously. I, I looked at Ottawa. I, I'm sure James Boyd was kicking tires, but 
what do you need to add to that team? Really? Yeah. Like need. No, absolutely. To add to the team, right? Not a lot. No. You if really anything. Don't. So look, at there's a bunch of guys that were there last year that are going to go there again, hungrier. I think they probably would have liked a backup goaltender, if I'm being honest. Um, but the market just wasn't there. Goaltending's at a premium in this league right absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um, but other than that, like maybe a third, fourth line depth guy. But at the end of the day, if you have trust in your third and fourth lines, like James Boyd does, what's the point? Right. Why mess with it? They're buzzing right now. And everyone knows like the, the OHL championship runs through the nation's capital this year. With no disrespect intended to Roger Hunt, with whom we just spoke in the Oshawa Generals, but doesn't a Peterborough-Ottawa final look kind of fun right now? Yeah. I, I like what the Peets went out and did. I like the fact that they showed that they're in the market. They've already got one of the best goaltenders in the league. They were already competitive. They're yeah. right there. Well, not Ottawa's starting to get some separation, obviously. Win 16 in a row, that's going to happen. But Peterborough's slumping lately. They are. How, what's going on with that? Four well, straight losses. I don't know. And maybe, with all due respect to everybody up in Peterborough, I, I feel like I find myself still not being sold on them. And I wonder if it's just because it's Peterborough. They're one of those teams that just... Whenever they try, it's just not good enough. You know what I mean? They, they haven't been there in a long time. And I just wonder if I'm not sold on them because it's Peterborough. And I'm like, man, do I really trust it? Like, yeah, they got Declan Chisholm. They got Hunter Jones in goal. They have Durgachinsev. They have Nick Robertson. They have Akil Thomas. Like, it's a pretty good roster they have yeah, there. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, eh, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I would love to see an Oshawa-Peterborough semifinal. I think part of the problem is we just don't get to see it enough. It could be. It and very well could be. I'll bring this back to, for the love of all things holy, Ontario Hockey League, do yourself a favor. Rebalance. Oh, that's another podcast. I know it is, Chris. But honestly, like this speaks like you and I are as much fans of the game as we are broadcasters in it. Probably more so. Yeah. More, more, actually, you're, <laughs> right? Bigger you're probably fans, right. yeah. If we, love, if we didn't have this job, we'd still be watching almost as much OHL hockey as we could. 100%. Right? It's a great game. Yeah. Tremendous entertainment value expose more of it to more people. I've been to two NHL games in the last three weeks and I couldn't get into them at all. I was like, this is just, I just have no interest whatsoever. And you watch and you're like, it's just not the same quality of hockey. It doesn't have the entertainment value. I don't find, maybe that's because I'm just around this league all the time, but I, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Spend your 20 bucks and go watch a game. It, you'll like it more than the NHL. I think it's more entertaining hockey. There's there's more mistakes. It's back exactly. and forth. Right? It, the NHL is so structured now. It's just teams playing systems. It takes away from a lot of the talent that you see. That's why three-on-three is so, so much fun. It's because there's no system to it. Hold on to the puck. Try to get a scoring chance. If you don't see what you like, regroup. I was so glad to hear so many people talking about the three-on-three three this week and extending it so we can avoid the stupid shootout. Yeah. I hope that keeps getting traction, but to focus on... What we're talking about here, we are going to be in Barrie on Saturday this weekend for a Rangers-Colts game. Uh, can you please tell me who's going to dress for the Barry colts Nathan Allenson? Okay. I think he might be suspended. Oh, is he? But, yeah, this is like, who's left? <laughs> Who is left? Boy, oh boy. They tore it down, eh? They tore it down big time in Barrie. And I'm not sure, like, Sudbury is a team you and I talked about coming into this deadline as a team that's got to go out and get it, but I don't think there was enough there for them there, to go out and get. No, there, there wasn't. And I don't think they had the pieces that they wanted. I, like You're telling me they wouldn't have loved Jordan Coy? 
in Sudbury, not in Oshawa. Come on. Yeah, that goaltending goal up there is just not where it needs to be. And yet they still sit first place in the Central Division. I know. Quentin Byfield. Of course. Yeah. And now he's going to come. And so, like, and I've got a Brad soft Chenier spot. Brad coming over, swapped captains with North Bay. Yeah. North Bay was busy. Hello, Adam Dennis. Yeah. Got into Making his mark, eh? Cow, eh? Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear from Adam Dennis, we had him on a previous edition of the Farwell and Pope podcast. That's what we do on this podcast. We, you know, banter about things going on in the league, and we try to bring you guests that would mean the most to you in this particular moment. We thought Roger Hunt, uh, one of the most active general managers the last number of deadlines, including the nine-pick swap for Phil Tomasino. Six second-rounders. It's crazy. <laughs> and, you know, somebody tweeted me. Six seconds. After I, I just said, I said, holy smokes, because that's a lot. It is a lot. And, and somebody tweeted me pointing out, and I don't know what Oshawa's draft pick cupboard looks like. And he's like, they've got lots more than that. And, you know, it's, it's not like they didn't have those picks to spare. That's not the point. Right, millionaires don't stay millionaires by spending their money. That's I, I'm with you, and so I know you have to spend to get. Yeah. But just because you have all of those picks doesn't mean like you've just set a new bar. Phil Tomasino is a special player. You got to give to get all of the things I've said before. But nine draft picks is still a whale of a price for one player. No whales in Kitchener now. Oh, yeah. sorry. Hold on. Um, if you uh, if you're unfamiliar with Phil Tomasino, just go to the Oshawa Generals Twitter page and look at his first goal as a general. It was nasty, absolutely nasty. En route to two goals, three assists in his first night as a general, five points, whatever. Roger Hunt, like he said, he's probably telling him after the game, "Hey, slow down. We don't want Nashville thinking to like you that, that much. Yeah, we don't yeah. think you could play pro next year. Just calm down here, okay? Don't make it look too easy here in Oshawa." Um, the price of players is going to go down. It went down this year compared to what we saw last year. Tomasino was a big deal for sure, but the price of players went down and it's going to continue to go down as next year they can only trade second rounders four years out or draft picks four years out. So it'll be interesting to see how the price of uh, a player, whether it be rental or not, continues to where, where it hovers around because the the whole uh, the whole trading atmosphere has taken a change because of this new rule and the gms wanted this rule because it was getting kind of silly it was yeah um i like it i ran down today alone 12 players and 25 draft picks traded today alone that was george burnett last year yeah after across all week 35 players were moved and 68 draft picks it's a heck of a lot of movement in a 30 team league it is interesting it's fun now we know it's a 20 team league by the way or, Boy, i said you- 30 where do you get your math from these days? I don't know. It, it's Friday, man. Uh, it is. And listen, we after all of this... We're in the middle of three straight three and threes. We have a game to do tonight. We get to watch Sarah Noel's debut in Kitchener, and we get to put all this madness behind us. And now, as Roger Hunt said, let's enjoy the second half. Greg Morales with Liam Howell and Sarah Noel on the top line. Reed Vlad, Riley Damiani, and Jonathan Yancis looking for a straight or a second 50-goal season on their second line. Not bad. And then there's that Jacob Ingham guy. Who? Yeah. It's only the reigning OHL goaltender of the month. Right. If we don't stop pumping his tires, somebody else will deflate them for us. We've said this on the, off the record. I just want to put it on the record. As good of a goaltender he is, just as good a human being. He's a really nice kid. And you don't see that a lot. He's really kind. Anyway. Well. Good ad. Another uh, three and three this weekend. You ready? <laughs> Have I ever been more ready than I am today? Go get some hauls. I'll do that.
I'm Farwell. And I'm Pope. And that is the Farwell and Pope podcast. That's a wrap on this edition of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Your authority on everything around the OHL. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.